Let's get down to business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step by step booklet for you to get. Oh, I make money moves. You can't see me, my time is now. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of The Massive Joe's Show. Fitness times business, episode number 11. I am your host, Joseph Mansell, CEO of Massive Joe's. I'm joined by my disciple. Disciple. <laughs> I was a special guest. This week I'm disciple. I'm going to give you a different title for every episode. <laughs> Massive Joe's general manager, Steve Mills. What's Hello. happening, man? Hello. Mate, we are joined uh, in this episode 11 by, uh, I would go so far as to say, health and fitness royalty. Health and fitness royalty, especially in Australia. We, are, we have the absolute pleasure of recording this episode 11 uh, with Mr. Nick Jones. Hey, Joe. Hey, Stevie. Hello. How are you? Thank What's you for that? having me, boys. I'm good. Thanks. Great. Welcome, man. Thanks, buddy. Welcome. We've Thank been you. talking. We've been talking about doing this, uh, getting you in on a podcast, pretty much since. Well, man, the last time you were here was like towards mm. the end of last year, right? Probably six months ago. It was yeah. I remember well, there you six go. Months ago. Time flies. Time flies. <laughs> I was going to say like two or three months. No, no, no. Six no. months ago, man. That's crazy. We are, as we do with every podcast, fitness times business, and you guys are in for one hell of a treat with uh, with Nick here uh, because he has had a wealth wealth, wealth of experience in both areas that we like to address in this podcast and the fitness side of things through bodybuilding. Uh, you know, I don't want to tell too much. But I want you to tell the story, Nick. Yeah, but, sure, sure. But and that's, as, a, that's a nice way of saying that, that you're speaking to an old guy. Been around a long time. <laughs> this guy's old. But I do want to, I do want to contextualize a little bit um, and say, you know, from, a, from the fitness perspective, you know, you've been in the bodybuilding game decades, like, mm. you know, I've three, decades, decades, three, decades, yeah. um, and made it right to the top of, of uh, the competitive side of bodybuilding, becoming world champion. Uh, and then from the business side of things, I mean, this is where, you know, you, we're going we're gonna to go so deep in the business. Mm. I love this side. Uh, for those of you who are unaware, Nick is the uh, founder um, and chief executive officer and managing director and just overall boss at uh, Gentech Nutrition, That's right. uh, which is one of Australia's uh, probably probably the most premier uh, supplement brand in Australia um, in terms of the quality of products coming out, the research behind the products. Thank you. Um, That's a big call. Cool. So Thank on you. and so forth. And, mm. and, you know, you've been doing that for multiple decades as well. Two decades. Mm. So yeah, yeah. I True. think, you know, we, we, we do want to, we want to touch on fitness first and we want to go into business, but just as, you know, I want, I want you to, to introduce yourself to the viewers as well. Sure. So let's go. Let's, let's, uh, you know. All right. Mr. Nick Jones, how, right. would you, how would you how, drop, some, drop some, uh, some context on the viewers? All right. Let's, uh, whoa, I mean, how deep do we go? I, you know me, I can go down the rabbit hole, Joe. We, we go, I can we go, go down. We go balls deep. Who, who am I? What am I? Who am, they're the ultimate questions. What am I? What's my purpose? Why am I here? No, from, from a bodybuilding and business perspective, yeah. I started training at 15 years of age, started competing at 19 years of age with, um, with Saba here in South Australia. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was born in the UK, but came out when I was a baby. So um, I think 90, 
one, I think, was my first show. Sabba was was the the first bodybuilding federation in South Australia, mm-hmm. obviously affiliated with NABBA. So I did the Sabba Teenage back in 91, mm-hmm. won the Teenage Adelaide. Six months later, did the SA, won that, mm-hmm. Teenage. Mm-hmm. Went to my first nationals, it was, it was 91. So the NABBA nationals in 91 was in WA, run by David and Sammy Renouf, who were husband and wife team at the time. David was a competitor. Amazing show. It was at the... Is it Burwood or Burswood? Burswood. Burswood, Burswood yeah. Casino yeah. in WA. Amazing show. First time I saw Graham Lansfield, he won the Masters. He, I remember, I'll never forget seeing him backstage, mm-hmm. hitting most musculars before he walked on. It was amazing. The level of competition, the amount of competition was awesome or inspiring. And I was inspired actually by the winner of the short class because I was a short ass. Mm. Surprisingly, I've always been a short ass. <laughs> you know, I was never six foot and, and came down to five foot six. So, um, so Gary Chernikoff won class four and the overall. Yeah. He was a, a guy that surfed a lot over there. He didn't go on with it. Um, apart from he went to the world championships and got second. So Gary inspired me because he was a short guy and he won the overall. Mm. Um, so that's where my bodybuilding started. And I competed year after year, I, I you know, with NABBA pretty much. I, I started... I started to – I went from NABBA there to the ANBF, which was the original INBA, Wayne McDonald ran it. So the natural bodybuilding had started here as well in SA. So I'd won the junior and the open at the same contest in the Adelaide Town Hall. Mm -hmm. Um, I did the Australian Outback Classic, Pro Hard Outback Classic, which was an IFBB show, won the juniors. So it goes way back. Lee Priest guest posed at 17 years of age and Tonya Knight guest posed. She was awesome. Probably way before your time, you guys. Just starting to think this guy is old, dude. This guy's old. <laughs> this is crazy. He's old. I just, I, I, I want to um, just pull something out that you've mentioned already because something yeah. that I didn't mention at the start of this podcast is Massive Joe's. We we're based in Adelaide in mm. South Australia. Yeah, and we have listeners all over Australia and all over the world. And you know, you've mentioned Adelaide a couple of times. Yeah, a lot of people may not know that. You, well, you don't live in Adelaide anymore, but mm. you effectively grew up in Adelaide, right? I, I feel very much South Australian. Yeah, you know, Sydney is my home. I've got my family. My yeah. home is there. My beautiful wife. My business. Sydney's definitely my home now, there's no doubt, but I feel very much South Australian. Yeah. I, I grew up here. Um, and it's funny, I was um, – I, I, I don't know if I can say it, I popped into Right Away yesterday yeah. and because I knew David Machiavelli when he was a kid. I met uh-huh. him before he, way before he started his business. Mm-hmm. So um, I look at him and the success that he's had. I look at you and the success that you've had. And, and I was talking to someone yesterday about Adelaide and something that it doesn't surprise me. Many people are surprised at such successful businesses starting in Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. They're very surprised, but it's such a beautiful little city mm-hmm. with not so many distractions yeah. as the biggest cities. It yeah. allows us to focus on our business or our bodybuilding, whatever it is that we do, mm-hmm. without sitting in traffic for three hours a day, without the distractions of, of so much going on. You know, it's a great little city. Well, from it's, a lot of people, yeah. I've heard that if you can make business work in Adelaide, you can make, make business work, work anywhere. I've heard that as well. Yeah. I still That's don't really saying. understand. I don't understand that either. I'm like, man, that makes I, I, no sense. I find, it e- I find it easy. I found it yeah. easy here because our yeah. networks happen so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Word of mouth travels so quickly. So yeah. I guess if you've got a good reputation, it travels quickly. Thing, I guess it could be either good or bad. It either kill you by the word of that's mouth. That's right. Or, I mean, everyone knows yeah. everyone knows someone who knows someone and that's yeah. the thing. It, it spreads exactly. quickly. Or, or it's, it's crazy actually that you brought this up, Nick, because we had um, – we had one of our sponsored athletes come and visit us uh, the last couple of days, Jackie Watts, WBFF pro. She's from um, 
uh, the Central Coast. In, oh, in right. New South Wales. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and beautiful I, I, part I of picked the world her too. Up, I, beautiful part. I picked her up from the airport and you know, you know, start chatting and whatnot. And I said, "Have you been to Adelaide before?" She goes, "No, it's the first time to Adelaide." But you know, I know that a lot of you know, health and fitness companies, especially the big ones, Australian ones, come out of Adelaide. Mm. And I just started listing them off. I'm like, yeah, you've got you've got us, Massive Joe's, Tim J Power, you've got Right Aware, you've got Gentech, which mm. is, you know, not based in Adelaide anymore, but definitely a, a product of Adelaide. Yeah. Um, another one I mentioned was uh, was Glamfit Bikinis, which is, oh. you know, the, probably the premier bikini company in, right. in the country um, and, and world-renowned as that? well. Who runs that? Um, they're, they're run literally just up the road here. You're kidding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another Adelaide. It's funny because I don't yeah. buy bikinis, strangely yeah. enough. So <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really know them. I haven't yeah. dealt with them. Yeah. But based here as well. So yeah, we do, wow. we do have some, uh, some, some pretty successful companies in the health and fitness realm yeah. that are based here in Adelaide. No so. distractions. We, well, we focused it. here. There right? must be a, re- it's, uh, well, it's either something in the water or it's, you know, the lack of distractions. So <laughs> yeah. there's definitely a reason for yeah, it. Yeah. 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 But so circling back. Where did you used to train growing up? Where did you start training? Oh, I started the first bodybuilding gym I went to. It's a good question. Was Woodlands, which is down the road here yeah. on the corner of Crossroads and South Road. Yeah. One of the owners now is Joel Romintis, mm-hmm. my, my Filipino brother, um, who, who's a eight-time world natural champion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a really hardcore bodybuilding mm. gym way back in the day when I was 17 mm. years of age. That was the first bodybuilding gym I yeah. trained at. From there, I, I, I mean, I moved to Queensland as a 21-year-old and, and uh, really got into my bodybuilding and, and did the IFBB Mr. Gold Coast in 95. Mm. When I moved back to Adelaide, did the SA in 96, I was training at the Olympian 2 owned by Sam Raptopoulos, who is a former IFBB promoter here, Joe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that I know that you're doing it now, the IFBB yep. Pro League. So Sam yep. Raptopoulos was the IFBB guy here. There you go. May rest in peace. He passed away maybe three years back. At, he's only 58. Mm-hmm. Sam Sam was a wealth of knowledge and I, did, I didn't uh, compete with the IFBB here, but I trained at his gym. Mm-hmm. And then the Ironworks down at Royal Park opened, yep. and that was hardcore, dude. I remember squatting five plates aside on a Saturday down there when it was 40 degrees outside mm. with no air con in this big shed. It would have been 50 degrees in there. Yeah. Mm. So I nearly would be passing out squatting <laughs> down there. It was pretty hardcore. Crazy, yeah, crazy, yeah. So I want to, I want to just get back to the the competing side because yeah. uh, it's in, incredibly interesting, and I kind of know your competing story, but a lot of the listeners and viewers don't. Sure. So you started ninety one uh, in ninety one as a teenager, effectively yes. competing, bodybuilding, doing bunches bunch of shows, yeah, yeah. and then so I want to know how you kind of go from that to mm. where you ended up, which was world champion. Yeah, good question. I won't. Make it too long because it's a long. You know, course, there's a story to every contest as yeah. well. There's always something that happens. Well, in the and, prep but and this is, you know, I, I I don't want you to tell the full story because we yeah. have a limited amount of time, Nick. But I do yeah. want you to tell the story because times in the competing side of the sport have changed so significantly. You're wow. talking early nineties, yes, and now you know we're getting towards 2020 now, and just the mindset of you know a lot of competitive based athletes now, the, yeah. and we see it all the time, Steve. Mm. And we've done a bunch of content on yeah. it. Is it's like I'm going to do my first show. I'm going to turn pro. I'm going to make it to the world stage or Olympia stage or whatever it is. I'm going to become world champion in yeah. the period of you know like two or three years. Yeah, that's the expectation. Yes. So I do want to hear the condensed version of yeah. your story of what it takes. Yeah, what it takes. I think with anything, you got to look at a minimum of ten years yeah. to be successful in business, in bodybuilding, in your sport, whatever your endeavor is. I think ten years is a good, you know, it's a good good mark just to be. 
it's good to go through the steps, mm-hmm. right? Stevie's just got his motorbike licence last year. Mm. And you go through the steps even with that. You start with a 250, you go to a 5 or a 600 mm. before you start riding the 12. It's just good to go through the steps with everything. There's no shortcuts to success in any field. Mm. No such thing. And the experiences you get along the way, they are your wealth. They are the juice. You know, it's not – there's no race. Life is not – and business is not and the fitness industry it's not a race there's it's not a race it's a process and and um when you when you sink yourself into the process and and immerse yourself in the process of what you're doing that's the wealth that's mm. the juice with anything the journey right the journey it's yeah. you know that you hear it it's an old cliche it's not about the destination it's about the journey not the destination we literally mentioned this in the last yeah. episode right? <laughs> yeah. these are old <laughs> right so these are old yeah. cliches yeah. because and they like, are like, the true. Same, like another cliche you said is every I don't know exactly the same, but it's every overnight success has been in business for 10 years or there's like 10 years past or whatever it is. Every overnight success... Yep. There's 10 years of history before that. Of course. That, so. of course. Mm. It's just a good marker, you know. I think it's, even with relationships, it takes 10 years to really start to get to know someone, really. Mm. 10 mm. years is a good mm. good mark, you mm. know. Um, so um, so getting back to how did I go from a teenage Mr Adelaide to, yep. to um, Napa World Champion, Muscle Mania over a world champion, you know, it was, it was, again, it was just grinding it out, workout after workout, learning the process, meal after meal, month after month, year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, so my journey went from Adelaide with with the natural federations and with SABA mm-hmm. and NABA, IFBB Gold Coast in 95. I won the middleweights and overall. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I wasn't big, but I always had good shape and I'd always know my condition. I was always prepared to put the work in. I was always prepared to suffer. I knew that that was part of it very early on in the piece. you got to put the work in, you've got to suffer. And I think you've got to be a, a special type of individual um, to to be able to do that. You need a certain amount of self-discipline. Uh, and, and, and it becomes very... Um, very, not insular, but it, it becomes a, a beautiful journey where you have to look inside yourself and look at your motivations, look at what makes you tick, look at what you're really made of. Uh, that's the beautiful thing with bodybuilding. Everyone thinks it's physical, mm-hmm. but you learn when you start competing over and above everything else. When you start competing, whether it be competing in weightlifting, competing in powerlifting, competing in bodybuilding, you start to have to look at the mental game. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at that. And then a lot of the time, as it did with me, bodybuilding becomes a spiritual in Endeavor as well yeah. as as the intellectual, mental, and physical. So, yeah. um, I had a I had a great career with doing mainly a state show with NABBA onto the nationals, and if you win the nationals, you'd get your travel pay to the NABBA Universe. Sure. And at the time, the NABBA Universe was the most prestigious amateur contest in the world, bar none. It yeah. was, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. Well, it has been forever, right? It has you look been, at, yeah, you look at 60 some years I mean, we're now. sitting here, we've got pictures of Arnold, multiple NABBA Mr. Exactly, Universe. Yeah. Like the, the Olympia yeah. was created for the past NABBA Universes Pretty to much. compete against each other, right? Pretty much. And that yeah. was the path. And that yeah. was my path, was, was what Arnold had set was, you need to win a NABBA Universe before you think about becoming an IFBB pro. Sure. In no, my day back then, I mean, that was a big thing even with Jake Nicolopoulos, yeah. uh, who, who yeah. responsibly yeah. is, is yep. he wanted to go ahead and win that. Obviously, he's just transferred over to IFBB, but yeah. he always wanted to win that NABBA universe yep. because of the past history of NABBA before yeah. he went it's, over to it's, IFBB. It's respect for the for the um, the the process, pretty mm. much. Yeah. It respect, says you got the T-shirt. The you win yeah. that NABBA universe, yeah. you've earned the T-shirt. Yeah. You've earned to be on that IFBB pro stage. Yeah. And 
you'll be competitive. Yeah. You won't look out of place. Absolutely. And and so Arnold set that path, you know, Frank Zane did it. Mm. Um, all, all the greats did it in the early days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Justin Wessels has done it, my, my fellow mm. Gentech athlete. Just recently. Yeah, yeah, Justin won the NABBA University in the Masters last yeah. year and he's gone mm. over and got his pro card. He's yeah. doing his IFBB pro debut at the Arnold coming up. So, yeah, um, yeah that was always my, my um, path was to try and win that NABBA Universe. Mm. I did it five times. Mm. So I got a sixth two fourths, a third and a second. Mm-hmm. And the second was a hard one to swallow because I thought I was going to win. Give me give me some years here, Nick. Cause, so we've got, we've yeah. got from 91 first shows to 95 Gold Coast shows. To, yes. So where, where are we talking here? So 95, the Gold Coast, came back to Adelaide in 96, won yeah. the SA, got third at my class at the Nationals. 97, yeah. won the SA, went back and won my class at the Nationals in 97, mm-hmm. competed with Justin Wessels. He won the overall. Mm-hmm. We both went to the NABBA Universe on the Australian team back in 97. It was mm-hmm. both of our first Mr. Universe. So that was 1997. I placed fourth in my class. Great experience. If you make the top six, you do your posing routine, you get on the video. It was a video back then. Yeah. You get on the video, you yeah. do your posing routine, and you get the trophy. Yep. Top six, get the trophy. Yep. So my first NABBA Universe was a wonderful experience. I got fourth place. It was at Birmingham. There was probably a 1,000 crazy English in the crowd with the air horns, and and uh, I wasn't good enough to get any air horns. <laughs> By the last NABBA Universe, I got the air horns. You know yeah. when you get the air horns yeah. from the crowd, you've made it at the yeah. NABBA Universe, right? <laughs> sure. So um, it's like you're at this indoor soccer game. The crowd's awesome. Awesome. Uh, and the standard of competition is amazing. Mm-hmm. So that was 97. I went back, did the same thing in 98, did mm-hmm. the same thing in 99. Um, skipped 2000. So I did the NABBA Worlds in 2000. Mm-hmm. So the NABBA Worlds were in New Zealand okay. in 2000 and that's where I went and won my class. Okay. I won the overall nationals. It was the last nationals for NABBA that Ari Hamalainen ran. He's now the WBFF Correct. promoter yeah. and doing an incredible yep. job. Ari's a good mate of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I it was the last show that Ari ran with NABBA, NABBA Australia. Great. Uh, I won class four in the overall. Grant Mayo won class three, who, who now, <laughs> you know, Mayo, what he's done is unbelievable. Yeah. It boggles my mind. Gary Vandenberg from South Australia was a great bodybuilder. He won class two. Yep. Brian Anthony won class one. And Brian was an IFBB pro who came back to NABBA. Okay. And with no disrespect to Brian, he, he thought he was going to walk in and just, just take that, you know. And as it happened, he probably would have got last in the overall. Mm-hmm. It was probably Vandenberg that pushed me for the overall. Overall, Mayo or Mayo, uh, and 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 Brian probably behind that. So, yeah, I went to the worlds. It was a bit of a weaker worlds because mm-hmm. the Europeans wouldn't travel to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. In saying that, I was good enough to win a worlds if it was held in Europe. I was just at that standard then. So, yeah, it's my first world championship. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in shape. wasn't in my best shape. Didn't enjoy it. That wasn't an enjoyable contest for me mm-hmm. winning the worlds, to be honest. What because was the, what I was wasn't the, in my best shape. I've, I've seen, and uh, if we can find it, I want to put it up on the video now. But I've seen the footage. There was that one year where you were your condition was so ridiculous mm. that it literally you literally looked like you were see through. Mm. Do you remember that? Ninety, of course I remember it. 90, <laughs> of course I do. Do you remember <laughs> it for the good reasons? Or do you remember how bad you felt? No, to get, to no, get it was, to that it was level. no. I, I was pretty good. I yeah. didn't. It's funny. It was one of those. There's always a bit of magic. There's yeah. always a bit of magic behind attaining your best condition. Yeah. There's always a bit well, of magic. Well, that condition was just like. The, yeah, it was a 99 universe. Have you seen it? Seen? No, I don't think I have. Yeah, I, the Nabba universe in 99. The 99, 99 universe it was. And, you know, that was. Uh, so that was pre Gentech. That was. Um, I'd finished working for Masashi. It was about 10 weeks out of the universe. I was prepping. When I finished with Masashi, I thought, bugger it. I'm going to be a full time bodybuilder here mm-hmm. and, and prep for this Nabba universe and go win it. Right. And because 
because I'd I'd placed fourth in 97, yeah. third in 98. Yeah. So I'm getting ready for 99. I've improved so much. My conditioning's coming in. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm going over and I'm going to win it. Mm-hmm. And I was good enough to win it most mm-hmm. years. I was good that year. That was 99. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of magic there. So I, I, I went and won the overall Australasian and beat Charlie Duca. Charlie wasn't in shape though, so I didn't – I never felt like I really built – beat Charlie because he wasn't at his yeah, best. Yeah. He's a th- he's a three-time overall NABBA world champion. Yeah. So I beat Charlie in the Nationals and got my trip paid and and uh, I did it not easily but I didn't have any stress. Mm. I'd started mm. Gentech but it was a distribution business mm-hmm. and because I had um, all the contacts in Adelaide, I went around and dealt with the 11 best retailers and that mm. was it. Mm-hmm. So I was, only, I was only supplying 11 stores. Mm-hmm. So I was working four hours a day. Mm. Cardio, training, mm. dieting, mm. relaxed, happy. Um, and uh, I pushed myself, no doubt. And yeah. Yeah, that was the best conditioning, 99. But yeah. I got to that universe after being the overall Australian champion. Got backstage when I walked on. It was the best class four lineup yeah. Yeah. ever in yeah. the history of the Navy Universe. The way, right? Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I got four. You're like, I'm the, this is the best package I've ever bought. When? And then you're win. backstage and you're looking around, you're like, fuck. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, shit. Mike, Mike King's there. I met yeah. Mike King and I'd seen Mike King in the 95. Video, the yeah. VHS, he, yeah. he won class four in 95. Yeah. So this is four years later. He's come back 10 pounds heavier. Yeah. I'm chatting with him backstage. Great physique. Mike King didn't make the top six. Fuck. Another yeah. guy, Colin Wright, didn't make the top six. Two weeks later, both of them turn IFBB Pro, mm-hmm. two weeks after that Nabba Universe. Yeah. And as it happened, Colin Wright was in the British Grand Prix with my mate Jarmo Nazar yeah. and got eighth behind Nasser El Sombati. Mm-hmm. He didn't make the top six that year, two, three weeks earlier. Mm. At the Nabi- That's how high the standard was. Crazy. I got fourth. I was happy. Yeah. I was happy. So I win the Worlds in 2000, yep. didn't enjoy it, wasn't in shape. Yep. I was in the shape of my life in 99, got fourth, I was over the moon, I was happy. Man, and I, I, I've, I've said this on multiple occasions. I've done a, a, you know some, some content about this. It's, you know, sometimes... And this is, the, this is the thing about the sport of bodybuilding and it really kind of exemplifies the fact that there's so many things outside of your realm mm. of control mm. is you can have years and you will have experienced this, you just touched on it, where you really, you know, you're not at your best yep. and you win. Yeah, yes. And it's kind of like, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird mm. feeling. And then you have other years where you know you're at your best and you don't win. Mm. And once again, it's kind of like, it's just, it's a weird situation it's almost yeah. like sometimes you'd prefer to be at your best mm. and the competition be that good yeah. that you don't win yeah. because your self-satisfaction your self-fulfillment is you know far greater yeah. than the situation where you know deep down inside that you you know maybe you cheated on your diet yeah. maybe you missed your cardio for whatever reason you yeah. didn't bring your best possible package and you yes. won yes. and it's almost like this bittersweet Emotion, you know, and it's, that's it's hard it's, to describe. It is. And that's what it's all about. At the start of the yeah. podcast, you yeah. said you get these young people that get into the sport and yeah. say, how do I get my pro card? You know, I'm yeah. doing my first show. and It's, and all, they, about, yeah. it's all about the achievement and the uh-huh. status, uh-huh. but this sport's not about that. No. And, and unfortunately, if that's your attitude, you will probably 
end up hating the sport. 100%. You'll probably end up hating yeah. it in 10 years' yeah. time, thinking yeah. I wasted all that money, all yeah. that time, all that effort, and I, I never became a Mr. Australia or I never became a pro to put on my social media mm. um, status and my oh, business yeah, card. Yeah. It wasn't my business cards anymore, <laughs> but social media status, right? So, But, but it's, yeah. it's a personal endeavour. Yeah. That's and what you said. Hobby. Is each time when you've gone sixth and fourth and third or those placings, and each time you've gotten better and, and worked mm. on your physique a little bit, is, is that what we said in recent podcasts? Is mm. each year, even if you're putting on a kilo of lean muscle, mm. in 10 years, that's 10 kilos of lean muscle, that's which, yeah. is, massive, which is a massive amount. But huge. people don't see that long distance journey. Nah. They just see, oh, I want to put on 10 kilos, but I don't see if I just put on a kilo of good quality muscle each year. Stay at lean body fat, mm. 10% at 90 kilos compared to 100 kilos at, at 10% is, is massive yeah, difference. Massive difference. And, and, and let's be honest, a kilo of muscle a year is a big ask. That's a big thing, yeah. yeah. In Huge. the early days, it's not, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. as you, as you yeah. get on yeah. a little yeah. bit, a kilo is a lot of muscle. Mm. I look at my natural guys. We were talking about Joel Mintis mm. and Justin Figuera, and mm. these guys might put on 200 grams of muscle a year. Mm. Some years they might lose 200 grams of muscle, but be that little bit better condition. Mm. But, but they look better. Mm. They mm. look better and better and better. And and it's only because they've done the work. There's no shortcut for the work. Yeah. The time and the work. I look at Justin Wessels. I'll look at my conditioning in shows coming up. Will we'll, um, you know that muscle quality? You cannot shortcut mm. thirty years of consistent training. No. You can't shortcut no. it with drugs. You can't shortcut it with a special diet. Mm-hmm. You can't shortcut it with a with a, a special training program. Yeah. There's no shortcut to that. Yeah. You know. Uh, but getting back to what you said it is a weird feeling when when you're not at your best and you win a show mm. um, but when you're at your best and you don't win and the guys are better mm. I'm happy man I'm I've that, that's that's been my best my best experiences everything that's within your realm of control you've done you've right? ticked it you've ticked that's, the boxes that's like and that's yeah. the just the the awareness and the appreciation of yeah. man look I, you can't control other people mm. you can't no. control the judging no. on a particular day you no. can just Everything that was in, within your realm, you just go ham with yeah. as hard as you can. And yep. if you bring everything you can bring, leave it all out on the table. That's it. That's, You've ticked the box. That, that's that's success. Yeah. That is success. And you will enjoy contest day yeah. no matter what. Yeah. If you rock up and you are backstage and you know you've done all those things, mm. you're having a good experience. Mm. You know? 100%. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to 2000. NABBA, Worlds, Yes. then what happens? 2000 Worlds, I win my class. Charlie Duca wins class three in the overall yep. easily. He was in great shape. And it was yep. funny, I was in a room next to Charlie. We're at the competitor's hotel. Yeah. I was in the room next to Charlie. I got up at about 3 a.m. to uh-huh. take a piss, right? Uh-huh. My diuretics had kicked in. I'm yeah. taking a piss at 3 a.m. Yeah. In between the bathrooms, there was a vent. So Charlie's bathroom was just on the other side of the wall. I could hear him splashing in the bath, singing in Maltese, right? <laughs> 3 a.m., right? right? And you know what I thought? Uh-oh, Charlie's in shape. Yeah. He's in shape. He's singing in the bath at 3 a.m. He's in. Sh- he was singing away. Sounded Italian. It was obviously Maltese. Yeah. And I thought, oh, he's in shape. Sure, surely enough, he was in shape and he won the overall easily. Mm-hmm. So um, what happens from there, 2001, I've gone back to the Nabi universe mm-hmm. And not in condition, again, and um, not in condition and I got sixth. And I was so disappointed, so, so disappointed in my conditioning that 
my final year at the Navy Universe 2002, I just put the hammer down. Mm -hmm. Came in in very good condition, but big, dude. I was big. I was my biggest ever. I was 90 kilos on stage. Mm -hmm. I was big. And I thought I was going to win. I thought I was going to win that one. Um, I could have been a touch harder, but it wouldn't have changed the placing. So Wayne Galash, GMV, mm -hmm. Galash Muscle Videos, world-renowned, is also from Adelaide, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So, we were, <laughs> so we were very lucky to have Wayne here. That's why I filmed so many training DVDs and videos. Yeah. It was because of Wayne, you know. Yeah. He'd, he he saw he could pimp me out and make a bit of money out of me. And <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that because he, uh, he, captured, he captured times in my life that are just priceless, you know, and I'm very grateful for that. But he even said to me, he goes, I thought Adelaide was going to have its first Mr. Universe. Yeah. And I thought it was out of me and the Dutch guy. The Dutch guy gets third. And I'm like, uh-oh, because me and him had the good shape. There was a big Italian who had a torn pec and a messy physique, but he was big. Mm. They gave it to the Italian. Mm. So uh, 2002, that was my last one. That was the last Nabba Universe, 2002. Mm. That was it. That was it. And, and uh, something inside of me... Something inside, I'd put so much into it. I'd been running Gentech for two years, mm. so I was working hard, training even harder. I'd been pushing myself so hard for so many years. Yeah. Something inside me knew I had nothing left when I got placed second. Yeah. Sure enough, three months later, chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. Four years off. You know, funnily enough, 2002 is when, I haven't told you the story, is when I first heard of you. Right. So I was only... Uh, 12 or 13. Right. But my uh, year eight maths teacher, I don't know if you know him, but it was Danny Craig. Yes, I know Danny. I competed yeah. with Danny. Yeah. So um, I knew you Danny say that. was, Danny. I don't know, five, he was Mr. Australia, I believe, or? He, did he I win his class at the Nationals? I'm not sure what he did, but he, anyway, I remember he was sitting in year eight, maths advanced, because he was a smart, very smart guy. He was my maths advanced, advanced maths teacher right, yeah. in year eight. And he brought in all these bodybuilding pictures. And yeah. It was funny because all the classes, oh, that's disgusting. That's gross. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's awesome. Yeah, you I thought it was awesome. Then I didn't say anything. And then after the class, I walked up to him and started asking about bodybuilding. Right. And that's sort of what sparked my interest in bodybuilding wow. initially was through Danny Craig being my year wow. mass teacher. Yeah. And then that's when I started, um, yeah, learning a bit about bodybuilding. And that's when I first heard of heard of you. Right. So I was only about 12 or 13. So that was 18 years ago, 17 yeah. years ago. So funnily enough, 2002 being your last show was when I first heard of you. And so. that's when I competed against Danny. Mm. Yeah. That's when I was 2002. Mm. Jason Bednars did it as well. Mm -hmm. He competed. Mm -hmm. I think him and Danny might have been training together or they were mates I think or Danny was at a limbo gym out that way. Yeah, so, which Jace yeah. was training there, I think. Yeah. I think they were training a bit together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so that so that's 2002, right? So mm. by this time, you start in 91, you're at 2002. That's mm. 12 years mm. uh, inclusive of, of yeah. competing. Yes. You know, pretty much year after year yeah. after year. Yeah. And then chronic fatigue. Chronic fatigue sets in. And it was the second time I'd had it because yep. probably the, the basis is the glandular fever, the Epstein-Barr yes, virus, starts, which, yeah. which I got yep. when I was 14. Yep. But pushing myself, and it was really, was pushing myself to the level, I was training very similar to the Dorian Yates style of mm. training. And I, mm. I, I, I really believe that the current Mr. Olympia influences the training style of that generation of, of bodybuilders. Yeah, of course. So I was training like Dorian, and, but I trained hard, man. I would train so hard, you know, rain, hail, shine, sick well didn't matter if I had a bit of a flu 
you know, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say it, I would take more ephedrine and drink more coffee and just show myself how hard it's I could push, actually yeah. train, yeah. even though I was sick, you know. Yeah. So I, I pushed myself way too hard for too many years and, and um, caught up with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I had the chronic fatigue. With that came the depression. Uh, it was a really dark, dark, hard time. Mm. It was a hard time, Joe. Mm. Hard time. I can imagine, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I guess uh, I was forced into, I never retired, but I was forced into not competing. Yep. And I think, you know, any, and I've said this before, I think that um, any elite athlete, um, no matter what sports code it's with, who retires from their sport mm-hmm. will suffer a bit of depression, will lose their way. But for me, I was forced into you were, you, not training. Yeah. I couldn't get out of bed. No, well, it's it's it would have been incredibly polarizing going from, you know, spending the the late nineties, the early two thousands on top of the world yeah. in terms of the sport. That's right. To you That's know, right, here's Joe, your yeah. wake up call. Yeah. Uh, you now are forced to take a step back. Yep. For four yep. years, right? Yeah, yeah. And muscle was just falling off my body, yep. and and uh, I was sleeping twenty hours a day initially, yep. right, for maybe six months. Yeah. The depression was horrendous, and. Yeah, it took it took, um, and I kept trying to train. I kept yeah. going to the gym, but I'd go there and do one or two warm up sets, be exhausted, go home, yeah. go to bed. Yeah, it, yeah, you know. So I kept trying, kept trying, kept mm-hmm. trying, mm-hmm. And, until it was just beaten out of me. You know, mm-hmm. it was just beaten out of me. Time slowed down so much; it went so dark. Um, but like all, you know, there's so many cliches, or you know, around you know, the darkest time is just mm-hmm. before dawn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Behind every a cloud, dark cloud, there's a silver lining. So the darkest time is before dawn because it, it allowed me to reinvent myself. It allowed me to work on myself. Uh, and I'd done it previously in my late teens. I was very heavily into meditation. I was heavily into uh, yoga. I was into Zen Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Um, I was into the spiritual work. You know, I was doing a lot of deep work back in my late teens, early 20s. So I was a pretty troubled kid. Yeah, I nearly went to prison at 18. And it's another story, another, <laughs> another long story. So I've had a fair bit of adversity growing up in housing trust and there being drugs and alcohol and violence. And um, so I've had a fair bit of adversity and seen a lot of different walks of life and experienced a lot, I guess. And uh, I think um, it was a wake up call for me to to realise there's more to me than the size of my biceps. Mm. There's more to me than a title of being Mr. Universe or Mr. World or Mr. Jones, you know, that it's, you know, it, it really forced me to go deeper within myself, um, develop, you know, reconnect with my source, with my true self, with my spirituality. It, it forced me to do that, which was a beautiful thing. So I was able to, over that four years, I was able to reinvent myself mm. spiritually, mm. Um, physically, uh, intellectually, um, so it was, a, it was, you know, it was a dark time, but it was, it was a beautiful time coming out of it. You can imagine, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. wish it upon anyone. I wouldn't wish upon anyone to have to live with someone with depression. I, I think maybe living with someone with depression is probably harder than the depression itself. Mm-hmm. And the depression's hard, let me tell you, but God, it must be horrible to live with someone with depression. Because you can't do anything for them. Mm-hmm. That person yep. feels alone. They feel like no one understands. And unless someone's been through depression, I tell you, they don't understand. 
They do not under, you can't you can't understand you something. You can't possibly understand you something you haven't been through. Experience. Right? That's yeah. right. You just can't. Yeah. You know, which which is one of the beauties of experience. You know, you can't beat experience. Yeah. I, I in Sydney these days, I come across some business people and some really interesting guys in their fifties, and it doesn't really matter about their degrees and so forth, but their experiences. Mm. You know, if they're mindful and 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 they've um, asked a lot of questions and done a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, it's it's just the wealth is is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, but um, yeah, but um, I talked about it earlier. P- uh, Paul Slawinski, again, a, a world champion that came out of Adelaide. Yeah, uh, kickboxer, K one, yeah. Muay Thai. Yeah. yeah. So I started strength coaching Paul about eighteen months into the chronic fatigue, and okay. when he approached me, I said, "Mate, I'm not your guy." You know, I was, I'd lost about twenty kilos of muscle. I said, "I'm, I'm not, I'm not your guy." And he said, "No, no, I've seen you. I've seen you." And he started used to call me Rhino. I've seen you, Rhino. You are big. I want to look big and jacked like that and kill people. You know, he just wanted to walk through. He wanted to look like a beast as well as yeah. be one. Yeah. So I started strength. Coaching Paul um, about 18 months in, three times a week. It was mm. killing me. I'd go home and sleep for 16 hours those days, but mm. didn't tell him. But that's what got me some consistency. So it took 18 months to get consistency, mm-hmm. just training three times a week. Slowly, 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 uh, four years later, I've competed at, um, well, I guess posed here at the, at the Muscle Mania SA. I guess posed here. When did the Nationals after that? won the under-80s and overall at the Nationals, Mm -hmm. which again, for me winning that title, it was about reclaiming my health. So my happiness uh, and sense of achievement was there and the joy was there because I was A, I didn't think I'd ever be able Mm. to compete again. I didn't think I'd ever be able to push my body again. I I was so broken. Uh, I thought that was it. Bodybuilding's finished. It's finished, you know. Um, So just to be able to get on stage, to to prepare for the show and get on stage, Mm. that was the win. Mm. That was the win, yeah. 100%. That was the win. That's the reason for doing it, right? Yeah, it's it. That's the reason. Yeah. Yeah, And so that's... That's like 06? 2006. 2006. 2006. Muscle mania. Yep. I can't reinvent it as a natural bodybuilder. Uh-huh. Reinvented myself. There you go. Gone back to my roots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I was a lot smaller, but you always had, I still had the shape and the condition. Yeah. Yep. So I did pretty well. And then since since then, nothing, right? No. No, Until- not nothing. No, no, not nothing. <laughs> not nothing, no. I went to the world championships, won the middleweights and overall. Yep. At Universal Studios in the Fear Factor, it was the the final the the prejudging was at the Hilton Universal yeah, Walk. Yeah. The finals were in the Fear Factor building. Joe, yeah. Joe Rogan Joe show, Rogan, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, um, and I won the middleweights and overall. Uh-huh. Amazing experience uh-huh. on my own. Had a backpack and an esky. Yeah, no Australian team with tracksuits. And, and this, this is Muscle Mania, right? This is muscle Mania. Yeah, it was probably I think, the most I prestigious. I reckon we've got that footage as well. Two thousand six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah two thousand six. Yeah. Won the overall world championships. Great, great. Uh, on my own. On my own backpack esky. Yeah. And again, it was something I needed to do on my own and it was an amazing experience. Uh-huh. Um, turned pro with them, did an, a pro show in 07 in Miami. Yep. Got six out of 12. Everyone's jacked, you know. <laughs> I don't know what happened with the testing there. But <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't see myself, I couldn't see myself uh, sticking with the pro division. I don't, I don't think the testing has changed much too. At least you don't know. The, <laughs> the muscle mania pro division. No, but, but it's funny. But they did, see, they did test at the world championships yeah. the year before that I won because the middle, the, I was the middleweight, the, the lightweight tested positive yeah. and mm-hmm. lost his title. So they did, te- they they took urine samples of all the winners, including me, obviously, and, and um 
yeah, but he tested positive. So, mm. so I did their I did their Pro Division two thousand seven, two thousand and nine were my last string of shows. Oh, there you go. So okay. I did the amateur. You know where I'm getting at, right? I'm, I know. I'm going in this direction, and I'll be there. Give me, give, me, yeah. give me thirty <laughs> seconds. So what I did was the amateur yeah. section yeah. at Tony Doherty's Australian Grand Prix. So Kai Green wins the Australian Grand Prix. There was an amateur section or show mm-hmm. the same day called the Southern States. So I went and did that. And this is IFBB now. This is IFBB. Yeah. So Mike O'Mara called me and and invited me to his Invitational in Perth mm-hmm. in March 2009. Mm-hmm. I was living on the Gold Coast at the time. I'd met my beautiful wife, Angela. We were living together on the coast. We're good friends and, and um, training at Ari's Empire Fitness Centre there on the coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I accepted to do Mike's show. It was four grand first place. Like, why wouldn't you? I'd never won any money bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And he said, Nick, you'll have a crack at this. I, it's an invitation. I know you'll have a shot at it. You know, you're coming in condition with your shape. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm clean though, Mike. I'm small. And he goes, it doesn't matter. I know your physique. And I said, okay. So I took him up on that. Because I was ready a bit early, I went and did the amateur section at the Australian Pro Grand Prix. I won the under 80s. Mm-hmm. There was no overall, but I won the under 80s. Mm-hmm. Week after, I went and did the IFBB Australasian in Sydney. Mm-hmm. I won the under 80s. Mm-hmm. Again, there was no overall. Mm-hmm. Then I went and did Mike's show. Won four grand. Mm-hmm. Cheering. Yeah, went to okay. Thailand with my wife and spent it all. I had a ball. <laughs> Singapore, Thailand, we had yeah. a great holiday. Yeah. yeah. So that was the last show, 2009 March. Yep. March 2009. March show. 2009. And here we are in... January 2019, ten years. ten years later, and we're on we're on the cusp of a of, of a return to stage, right? We're on the cusp, we are on the cusp. <laughs> we're on the cusp. We, we're, we're at the business end of, of getting back on stage. We, we were just discussing before the podcast. So you are so you're doing IFBB Pro League Correct. now, Correct. and you're going to do the New South Wales. Arnold qualifier, yes, which is in like four weeks, four and a half weeks, four and a half, weeks. Yeah. Four and a half, four and half weeks. weeks, yeah. And then three weeks after that is the Arnold Australia, the Arnold Australia. Amazing, I'm back, baby. And I'm back. So some people were excited <laughs> about yeah, the return, wow. man. Yeah, really about the return. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I bet not disappoint. There's, there's a lot of talk. Is there? Absolutely. Oh, wow. Okay. Absolutely, especially amongst you know, like I, I, I just love talking about this Nick because there's like there's so much history here. Like we're talking we're talking just to put it in perspective, just in case the listeners, the viewers may have missed it, we're talking ninety one. Yeah. And now we're we're in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. So you've been in this sport. This will be your 29th year. <laughs> it's nearly 30 years. Just to just to like put some numbers behind it. Dude. Like this is this is Dude. I just Ridiculous. don't feel that old. No. <laughs> and you don't, don't look that old. Thank you. That, I was looking for that. I, was, I, put, I threw the line out for that one. It worked. <laughs> Thank you. Faded that one. I'll, that was I'll be good. Back. No, but I'll there's, you know, there's there's a lot of people, mm. you know, and this is why I, I, the listeners and viewers of this podcast who perhaps haven't heard of you before are now, mm. their minds are probably blown, but there's a lot of people, you know, in the industry that are, you know, kind of my age, Steve's age, mm. older, yes. who have respect for the history of bodybuilding mm. in this country. Country, right. you know, and, and worldwide, that are like, man, like you don't, you don't see athletes of your caliber come back mm. to stage, mm. you know, at, at, with thirty years of experience. Mm. Like you, you just don't, you just do don't you? see it, mm. you know. I didn't so think it it's like exciting. That. There's a lot of yeah. people talking about it. Wow, not to put the pressure on, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really feel any pressure. I feel more pressure from myself, no my doubt. personal expectations, no doubt. I think that's, that's a big thing. I was saying before, especially like with obviously 
the Facebook generation now is yeah. a lot of guys like Gretchie who's running the Pro League in New South Wales yeah. is, is on their, their Facebook page especially is there's been a lot of talk about you and I think your name brought up quite a few oh, times. Forums, right. forums is everywhere. Right. Oh, yeah, really? so. You don't see it. I don't see it. No. <laughs> Too busy, man. I know you don't say on Facebook. I know you're not on Facebook, but yeah. that that often. But no, the no thing much. is, is when um yeah is is I think those guys who yeah mine and Joe's age aren't a little bit older is, yeah. is and um who are the guys probably competing now who are almost pushing at the at the IFBB bodybuilding super heavyweights and yeah. those kind of guys. Yeah. yeah. But they're all the guys that would have looked up to you, especially when they were coming through yeah, the ranks, yeah. like even even when they were eighteen, or even like guys from th- like yeah, a lot of those guys were yeah. thirty five, yeah, around that age. But I mean, they're the sort of yeah. guys. And I said I knew about you since I was thirteen, and they would have known from you about you when they were eighteen. Yeah. So that's the thing is now they're thirty and they get to compete in the same show as you. Yeah. And a lot of these guys like myself. Yeah. I mean, I obviously haven't seen you compete. So I mean, even myself, I'm excited to see you compete on that's stage. Cool. And, and yeah. yeah, so I think there's a lot of people that are looking forward to it. So that's cool. Mm. Yeah, I've I've had a few messages on social media where guys have said, yeah. you know, I'm, I can't wait to share the stage with you and mm. you know, guys that are doing the classic as well. I, I have had mm. a bit of that. Um yeah, it's it's like I said at the beginning of the podcast, Nick. You're bodybuilding royalty. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you'd never admit it no, because you you know your 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 humility exceeds ego. But it's a ho- yeah, it's a hobby. Yeah, but 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 at the same time, like it, you are. I was pretty good. You know, at it. it's, I was pretty good for a few years. Yeah, I was pretty good at it. Very very good. Yeah, I, was I mean, I'm interested to hear, and this is taken off topic now. Yeah. Um, but as we said, 29 years since you competed previously. And well, ten years since the first time, and ten years, ten years since, 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 since last time. Is, is what's yeah. what's changed the most for you in terms of prep, training, mm. nutrition, anything really? I mean, what have Question. you seen? I mean, because a lot of what we've said a lot of time is people are trying to overcomplicate things. Mm. Whereas it's the basics that work. It, it's the basic food, the basic principles. I mean, we've seen a lot of things. Like if it fits your macros and yeah. and keto is now the hot topic, and mm. and a lot of those things is is. From where you started to last time you competed, and especially now coming through it again, obviously you're in the industry, but what have you seen the big changes yourself? Um, yeah, it's funny. Well, you've just listed a lot of it. I, I think I think the basis, as you just said, Steve, is um, the basics work. So what's changed with my prep now as opposed to 10 years ago is um, not a hell of a lot, mm. actually. Not a hell of a lot, you know, it, it's... Uh, and I think I think everyone's always just looking for an easier way. Mm. I think a lot of prep coaches are, are looking to push a certain method, um, which gives their customers a bit more faith um, in what it is they're doing. And I think... Um, you know, I think a method that's good is, you know, slightly restricting your calories below what you're burning and, and, and eating adequate amounts of protein for muscle recovery and growth. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? You know, it's profound, Joseph. It's profound, yeah, but it yeah. has many different names, you yeah. see, and many yeah. different names of methods. Um, but, the, but the extreme stuff, the off-the-wall stuff, is, it's, um, you know, it's, it's possibly not going to work. It's going to be hit and miss. It may work, but the basics is what works. Mm-hmm. So mine hasn't, my prep hasn't changed from that perspective. It's the basics that work. Um, and it's, uh, the interesting thing is, uh, the interesting thing for me is, you know, for the last, I've still trained consistently, mm. but for the last four and a half years, I've I, I've immersed myself heavily into Arakan martial art, mm. but like five days a week, I train Arakan. But I still train with weights four days a week, but I've been training 30 to 45 minutes with weights. Mm. So so it was interesting for me to go, okay, in 19 weeks, what can I do? Mm. 
How can I change my body in 19 weeks? I looked at myself critically, mm. you know, 11 weeks ago and went, you look horrible. To get on stage, you look horrible. Mm. For a 47-year-old man that does a lot of Arakan and has three children, runs a business, mm. you, look, you look pretty good. You look great. You look much better than the normal man, much better than the normal dad. But to get on stage and be critiqued, dude, you've got to bring up your arms. You've mm. got to bring up your upper chest. My, you know, to be brutally honest, I don't expose my weakness here. My weakness is with age, I always had a very good shape and always came in in condition and was pretty balanced, mm. a little bit weak in the limbs mm. to be hypercritical. I was a torso bodybuilder. My torso was world-class. Yeah. My limbs were just a little bit weak, right? Um, so I'm looking at it going, okay, what's happened with age? Unfortunately, my waist has gotten a little bit wider. Mm -hmm. That's my weakness. And it happens with age. My core's strong, man. I do this Arakan, which you generate a lot of power from your core. So, so okay, can I bring my waist in? Hmm, I can actually practice this vacuum and get more control and it actually does work a little mm. bit. So, so this is something that's changed. I've started working on this vacuum pose. Not that it's going to be a pose for me because I'm not that good at it, mm. but in my front double bicep, my waist looks smaller. Yeah. I've got better control. Yeah. Um, obviously for me then side delts, rear delts, triceps, biceps, upper chest needed to come up to create that illusion of V-taper. Mm. My back is a strong body part. It was going to come up. It was going to thicken up and widen up, which it has. Yep. Sort of a body part that doesn't really go, um, doesn't leave me. My back's always been a strong mm. point. And then my legs, just training my legs a bit harder again. I knew the sweep would come up again and it has. Mm -hmm. So my, my shape's coming back. Mm. So it was, again... Again, it hasn't changed. You look at your weaknesses, you prioritise those weaknesses and you're like this artist with this block that's a little bit cruder than what it was 10 years ago mm -hmm. and a few different things to look at and mm -hmm. work on, um, which makes it interesting mm -hmm. for me. But ultimately, restrict your calories a little, yeah. <laughs> you know. Because you know. With, with your training, are you, who are you working with with your training at the moment? Well, no one, me. Um, I train with Justin Wessels once a week, sometimes yep. twice, and, yep. and that's one of the reasons I chose to do the show. Yep. It's a great story mm. for Gentech. Mm. And, um, the biggest thing was the personal challenge, mm. and Joel Romintis put me up to it. Joel Romintis and Justin Figuera mm. conspired, you see. They got <laughs> together at Joel's last show in Melbourne last October or whatever it was, yep. and they started talking about me doing the classic. And all of the Gentech team members have been chipping away at me for mm. years to get back on stage, right? Mm. But I've been so busy with my business mm. and three children and family that it's it's um, that's where my priority he's been. So, um, you know, training with Justin a couple of times a week is great. Once or twice a week, we train once and film it. We get some footage mm -hmm. for this doco inspired. Um, but yeah, training wise, I mean, Damon Hayhow has the recomp uh, so software. That's, that's what I was getting at. So yes. is that what you've, have you been following that compared to, I mean, because obviously yeah, training, for a lot of people that don't know what it is, is a, it, you test out your, your strength or how many reps you can do at a certain weight. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then he gives you your your possible one RM and then you work with percentages. So yes. That's a lot more high tech than what you would have been doing back in 91. Yes, yes and no. The principles are exactly the same. Mm. This is the thing and I, I, that's why I connected with Damon so many years ago because I didn't document what I did to the point that Damon does, you know, and mm. is that software is such a great tool. Mm. Um, you know, the thing, the misconception people get is, oh, if you do recomp, you've got to train really, 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 really heavy, mm. really heavy. Well, you don't. You don't, but it gives you it gives you your numbers, mm. so you can look at beating your numbers, right? Yeah. So again, it's about progressive overload. Mm. If you want to build muscle, and I do, in my arms, mm. 
chest, mm. upper chest, delts, back a little bit, quads a little bit, I have to progressively overload with the weights that I'm using. Mm. The good thing with with uh, with uh, the recomp is it it's just a platform, it's software where you can document it. Mm. You document it. So, but it's always been about progressive overload. Mm. Um, you know, skin folds, I've always, I've never really done nine nine site skin fold tests. I have a couple of times, but I'd always just look at my thicker skin folds, which mm. were the lower back, the yeah. abs, the yeah. glutes and hams, yeah. and make sure they're coming down week by week. Mm. I've always done that. Mm. Check my body weight. So it's the same principles, right? The diet I used to hand write and work out my macros and calories. Mm-hmm. So, but it just makes it a bit easier. The one thing that was a bit of a stumbling block was, and it does make you want to hit bigger numbers, yeah. right? Because, you know, I think I did my squat, my strength test on squats. I think I did 150 kilos on squats at the start of it, at the very start I of my prep that, 19 I weeks out. I saw that video. Yeah, that was yeah. a tough set, right? That, that was, a, that was. I saw that video. I was like, I'm going to train some legs. Yeah, let's good. Go. <laughs> let's go. Good, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I love training like that, yeah, right? No but- I actually hurt my back a couple of weeks later. Ah. I'm 47 now. So when you're trying to beat your numbers every week, you get to that one really all-out working set, Mm. which is the way I always trained. You would do one all-out set like Yates did. And, you know, you can do, you you know, 50% of your one rep max Mm. and try and get 25 reps. Mm. Do that weight next week, but get 26. You are growing muscle if you do that. Mm. The only thing that that overlooks, that's a very linear way to look at overload. It's an easy way to measure. But every week, because I've got so many other stresses, every week I'm not going to beat my numbers. Yeah. Right? So... But so that's overload. That's progressive overload. You can also overload in volume. Mm. You can overload in volume, right? So, and where is that relationship with your training between overloading with the weight that you're using for that certain number of reps Mm. or overloading in volume? So you might go, you know, that you could, but it's just hard to measure. Let's say, you know, if the following week I did the 150 and I, I did, I think I did 14 reps at 150 for my strength test. Yeah. If I put the one, 150 on the next week and got, say, 12 reps mm-hmm. maxed out, I'm like, what do you do? You go, oh, shit, that's no good. I've got the bar down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've got yeah. backwards. I'm not going to build it. Mm-hmm. No. You can do a couple of force reps. Yep. You can do a drop set. Rest you can pause. do a rest pause. Yep. Yep. That's where you employ all of these other techniques mm. to create an overload response. Mm. So for me, I do a lot of drop sets now. I do a mm. bit more volume now. Mm. And because you can even look at volume within that certain time period, mm. go, okay, well, it takes me takes me an hour to train quads and calves. Um, you know, last week I I, uh, I lifted um, 2.65 tonne in that hour. Mm. Well, I'll lift 2.85 tonne. Mm. But it might be a couple more sets, might be an extra exercise for four extra sets yeah. within that same time frame. Where does that relationship start and end with overload mm. and when it comes to volume? You know, if, we, mm. if we're doing 30, 40 reps and so forth, it's, it's muscular endurance. We know that that's too high in a rep range mm. to create hypertrophy. But there's a relationship there between the load you're using, the volume you're using mm. in a certain time frame, yeah. right? And we've yeah. got to use that. I'm 47. I don't want to hurt my back. Mm. I don't want to. Hurt, I don't want to injure myself. Mm. So you know, I'm not. I don't necessarily have to say what I do. One one fifty, one fifty for fourteen reps. I don't have to buy my prep. Do one eighty for fifteen reps. Mm, yeah. I don't have to do that. My legs are getting bigger, mm. and they have gotten bigger. I've grown muscle, but because I hurt my back, I've been overloading in volume. Yeah. Mm. 
So, but I, I'm still using the software, still documenting everything, yeah. and I'm on track, building muscle, losing fat, the holy grail, mm. bodybuilding, building muscle, <laughs> losing fat. Man, it's it's so good. Like the the where we're, where this discussion is heading is like, ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> but we could do this for two days. We right? could we could this could be like we could set a podcast world record for the longest podcast <laughs> yeah, ever we if we start would. talking about training principles and techniques and myths and and and, and you know, but. And it is fascinating. It's fast. I still find it fascinating. Yeah. Thirty some years later, yeah. I still find it fascinating. Yeah. It's not boring. And we are, you, you know, Nick. I, I said this off podcast when we started. I said we are going to have to get you back for multiple yeah. podcasts. So uh, we can really too. drill down. But we do need to flip the script real quick, um, sure. because we need to touch on business. Sure. Uh, let's go. Yeah. Let's, 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 uh, you, and you've mentioned a little bit already. You mentioned, you know, when you started Gentech, um, yes. you know, through before you got your chronic fatigue syndrome, yes. so on and so forth. Um, but I want to hear that side. I want to hear the business side of Nick Jones. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I was, uh, I left school at 15, was politely asked to leave school at 15. <laughs> I was a bit of a troubled kid, right? So um, I'm, I'm certainly not a scholar, but if it's a topic I'm interested in and passionate about, I'll learn, I'll read and I'll learn I'm, and I learn well if I'm interested, right? Um, business, I never did any business study. I'm not a good, I wasn't a good businessman, should I say. I wasn't a good businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I knew nothing else apart from supplements. I'd worked for Masashi for seven and a half years mm-hmm. Um and I was, Musashi, just for the listeners, you know, Musashi probably well, definitely is not what it used to be. No. But when you go back to, you were working for Musashi in the 90s, 1990, mid-1990s around then. Yeah, I started yeah. working for the Queensland distributor when I, yeah. moved to, when I moved to Queensland at 21 yeah. to the Gold Coast uh, and was training at the bodybuilding gyms and embarked on my my next stage of bodybuilding. Um, I worked for the di- distributor of Musashi. Yeah. That was from 93. Yeah. And the owner of the company was the founder of the company, was a fascinating, intelligent man by the name of Tim Horwood. Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. an education working at Masashi, let me tell you. Because um, Masa- back, back then as well, just to contextualise, because mm. Masashi now is kind of you know, a little bit supermarket, a little bit kind of Very much pharmacy so. brand. Mm-hmm. Yes. But back then in the 90s, Musashi was the shit. That was the like, one. That they was were, like if you were interested yeah. in, in supplementation to increase performance. And back, just to yeah. contextualise a little bit more, back then supplementation definitely what it wasn't what it was today it was no. very very niche yes you know not a lot of people understood it not a lot of people you know it was you know, to a lot of people i guess it was kind of snake oil right yes yeah and but a lot of it was well, a lot of it was. and a lot of it still is yes, <laughs> yes. that's another time that's but another podcast back then in mm. you know in the early 90s mid 90s musashi was cream of the crop oh yeah if you were interested in increasing performance, building mm. muscle, changing body composition, Musashi was your go-to. But That's even, right. even in 2002, 2003, yeah. uh, 2000, sorry, 12 and 2013, yeah. Musashi bulk was our best-selling product. Was it well, really? As a, as a, well, they were advertising yeah, on TV then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they had yeah. that on TV. Um, yeah. yeah, we just, I'm getting pallets and pallets of it. In, wow. Mm. Especially when I first started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, just died, just died, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things have changed, yeah. but yeah. back when you were with Musashi, they were the shit. Oh yeah, because it started in '83. Tim yep. Ward started it in '83. It was a fascinating story, and I won't give the whole thing, but it was based on the five elements. Tim Horwood's mum was a herbalist. Um, Tim was into his martial arts and his weight training, so he developed five formulations: amino acid powder. Mm. Tasted like uh, dead 
dried up shit. fish. Yeah, yeah, tasted like shit, let me tell you. I remember was, the protein tasted like wet cardboard. Yeah, well, that was good compared to the original Minos. The original yeah, Minos all, didn't even have that lemon flavour. Yeah. But it's all relative, right? Right, that was in 83. Yeah. He was doing amino acid powder yeah. formulations. Yeah. You know, for instance, his Chen the Arousal, the yeah. pre-workout formula, yeah. Chen the Arousal was the green formula, it was arginine, methionine and glycine. Mm. They're the three amino acids our body uses to synthesise creatine phosphate mm-hmm. in the liver, mm-hmm. right? And then arginine, we didn't know arginine back then as, as for nitric oxide, mm. but arginine had been documented for natural growth hormone mm-hmm. and, and, and it was good documentation yeah. Yeah, for sleep and yeah. growth hormone, um, for natural creatine production as as we, as we that, that's what the formulation was for. Mm. Um, his knee, the nourishment, his post-workout was the branch chain amino acids mm. in powder form. Um, phenomenal, beautiful quality. They were, they were mainly... They were mainly sourced from Switzerland. Mm. Beautiful quality amino acids, great formulations. Because they had the whole range of single amino acids, Mm. this is where I got the education. I used to read Dr. Michael Colgan's books from cover to cover. I used to read amino acid books from cover to cover. I was so ingrained in my bodybuilding and the supplementation and the nutrition Mm. and the biochemistry of bodybuilding fascinated me. That's something because it's physical, because it's intellectual, it's it's that well-rounded, it can can be that well-rounded sport, yeah, yeah? this lifestyle that we lead. Mm. so I got an education because I was able to use all these singulars yeah. in different amounts at yeah. different times to possibly stimulate growth hormone, to stimulate the metabolism, mm. to increase dopamine levels when you were dieting, to help burn body fat, mm. to support energy for training, to support muscle recovery. So I, I went crazy with with amino acid supplementation and got an education. Yeah. Right. With and this is shit. at this time you're like you're like what twenty years old? Twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. And this is where you started your education in yep. supplementation. Very right? much so. Through well, I started a before, yeah, I'd started yeah. it beforehand, of course, of right? Course, but yeah. I'd started yeah. reading and using yeah. all the subs. But as opposed to Masashi, there was Neutralife. They had the liver tablets and mm. pretty crude, you know. Mm. Their amino acids were just casein mm. tabs. Um, That's what I'm saying. Masashi was the shit. That was the shit. There was balance. Yeah. There was Neutralife. There yeah. and there was Masashi. Uh, I think that was it. Yeah. Then Aussie Bodies came along with their WPC, mm. revolutionary WPC, and it was revolutionary at the time. Yeah. Had all these growth yeah. factors, and and yeah. uh, it was WPC. PC was revolutionary. Yeah. So I've, I've been in this stuff, I guess, a while, you know. Yeah. So when when we look at free-form amino acids in a lot of the supplements now, the free-form amino acids that we use, um, particularly my P2P product, what's in that, you know, we take it for granted now because mm. there's so much of the stuff. But free-form amino acids are profound, mm. right? The quickest way to get amino acids into the body is a drip. Right, so if you could take a drip while you're training, it's a little unhygienic. It's a little bit of getting get in the way. It wouldn't be that practical when you're training, of but it's the fastest way to get them into your body. The next fastest way is the dientripeptide or free form amino acids in powder form. Yeah, the next fastest way is your your hydrolyzed WPIs and mm-hmm. your WPIs and WPCs, and then peptide bound aminos. Yeah, right? peptide yeah. bound aminos. So yeah. we're looking at say chicken or beef is what we used, eight and eggs. That's yeah. what we ate to build muscle. They take three hours to digest mm-hmm. and start getting amino acids into the bloodstream two three four hours mm. so we could take these free form amino acids they'd be in the bloodstream in 15 minutes i mean that's profound yeah to be able to feed your muscles amino acids whilst you train in the most catabolic time of your day to me is absolutely profound yeah to mix them with carbohydrates is even more profound because you stimulate that insulin response with the carbs mm. you know and you get that shuttling of amino acids into muscle cells whilst you're training mm. 
It's a profound thing to be able to do. Yeah. It still boggles my mind, yet we take it for granted because there's these flavors. Well, it boggles everywhere. my mind that there's still dis- like heated discussions about it at the moment oh, that the amino acids in. don't work. No, it's like, come on, man. really? It's, really? Yes. The jury's in there. There's yes. just too much research. It's, and, uh, you know, without yeah, being you arrogant. Know, Nick, the research is always funded by supplement companies, <laughs> so there's some dodgy shit going on. It's just like, it just blows my mind that like it's yeah. even, it's even an argument. Point. Yeah, there's it's too like, much info. There's yeah. just too much information now. So back in the day, we would read books by Michael Colgan on what different yeah. amino acids did, yeah. and we would start timing them based on what we were trying to achieve at that point in time, whether mm. it was pre-training, intra-training, post-training, pre-sleep, upon rising, pre-cardio, post-cardio. So we we would start using amino acids based on their, their fundamental functions in the body, mm. right? You just have to look at that and the functions of that amino acids even without the research, you look at that and you give it a try. If it makes sense, you give it a try. Yeah. And that was one one of the wonderful things with traveling the world with bodybuilding. The information that I would share with particularly the British bodybuilders mm-hmm. in the universe, mm-hmm. you know, the information was so far ahead. You know, it was really the bodybuilders when it came to body recomposition. Course, it was really the yeah. cyclists when yeah. it came to performance, yeah, endurance, endurance as well yeah. as sprint. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a good friend, <laughs> a very good friend of mine was a performance vet. He used to work with race dogs and race horses and he was in the AIS cycling team, mm-hmm. Sassy here in South mm-hmm. Australia. Yep. Obviously won't mention any names, but he was a very intelligent guy, right? Mm-hmm. And they used to, they used to, you know, use mainline amino acids. They would use the amino acid drips. They mm-hmm. would so they would push the boundaries you know, without, and we would push the boundaries when it came to body recomposition yeah. and it was like a brotherhood. And that yeah. was that anecdotal evidence and personal experience is really what I used to develop the Gentech products and formulations. Okay. That's really what I used. Yeah. Now, without sounding arrogant, the research, when you look at the good research, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not a specialist at looking at research. Mm-hmm. I'm not a specialist at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a guy, Dana Vizovich, our biochemist. He's a specialist at that. And he he said, you know, out of all the research, 60% of the research is rubbish. Throw it in the bin. I said, is that it? And he goes, oh, I'm being generous. So that 40% that's left over, you probably throw half of that in the bin. Mm-hmm. So some of these guys are right. There's a lot of rubbish research out there, but there's a lot of very good research. And it always aligns with the anecdotal evidence mm-hmm. and the experience that elite level bodybuilders and strength training athletes have come to find and been using mm-hmm. in our protocols over the last 30 to 40 years. Of course, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if it's, if it's not for the anecdote, what's the point of doing the research in the first place? place yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. that's how research Thank comes you. about yeah. somebody somebody tries something they yeah. go oh shit this feels like it's doing yeah. this maybe let's dig a little bit deeper and see if it actually is and that's good research of course but if you don't have that, that initial anecdotal response there's no point to do the research so the whole yeah. the whole yeah. argument against yeah. it is just completely convoluted yeah it's like well fucking you know how are you going to decide what to go and actually study what to actually go and spend money yes. looking at what to go and spend money researching it always starts with anecdotes. Has to. Good research has to. Mm, has re- to. Because it wasn't like, you know, all this research was done yeah. and then we started weight training of based course. on the research. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work I mean, the other way. Milo, Milo of Croton yeah. discovered progressive overload yeah. 6th century BC. Yeah. Milo, he was a Greek 
Roman wrestler. Yeah. What's Christos? He won't even know this guy. Didn't didn't wasn't really into the Titsy <laughs> yeah. is doing some amazing yeah. things at the Australian Open. He was yeah, yeah whatever. So Milo's his guy as well. So yeah. Milo, sixth century BC, was lifting his baby calf yeah. for his training. He was a Greco-Roman wrestler. Probably back when the Greek men used to wrestle naked, but we won't go into that. <laughs> God bless him. No women allowed. But um but he'd lift his baby calf for training and as the calf got bigger, Milo got bigger. Yeah. That's where progressive overload came. Sixth century BC. Yeah. And we're still studying it to this yeah. day. Yeah. Mm. I want to come back. Let's go, go back to the business journey. So oh, yes. 93, working for Musashi. Mm. You've kind of touched on that was really your you know, education, Yes, I guess. Yes. And then so Gentech comes along your own supplement company. Yes. Late 90s? Yes. Okay. 99. 99. I, I was preparing right. for that Nabba Universe in 99. Yep. Had a blow up with Tim, the boss. Mm-hmm. He had a blow up with me. We both told each other where to go. <laughs> Hung up the phone. It happens, right? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> that one was a yeah, it happens, yeah. But we didn't get past it. We didn't get past that one. Um, a lot of respect there, though. A hell of a lot of respect for yeah. Tim Ward. Amazing, uh, amazing man. Um, yeah, I started as a distribution business out of my shed in, mm. in um, I can't even remember the suburb, it was the top of um, Crossroads there, Myrtle, Myrtle Bank or something? Here in Adelaide. Here in Adelaide. Yeah. I started, I yeah. filled up my garage with ProLab and DesignAway. Mm-hmm. There was an importer into Australia, mm-hmm. called him and I said, I'll do SA for you. Yeah. So um, so I started with $10,000. I bought 10 grand's worth of DesignAway and ProLab, mm-hmm. filled up my garage and went around to my 11 retailers that I had a good relationship with mm-hmm. that did that did 80% of the business mm-hmm. in South Australia. So that the old 80-20 Pareto's yep. law, yep. you know, 80% of the business and turnover was done by 20% of the stores. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to deal with those 20. Mm. So low stress, had a good relationship with them. Yep. I was able to, to train, diet and work four hours a day mm-hmm. and distribute these products. Mm-hmm. Um, and Design Away was the first good tasting protein powder in the world mm-hmm. back then. So that was 99. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful tasting. Um so that's what I did. That's what I did. And, and as I could afford to, I think it was May 2000, I brought out Gentech Creatine and Glutamine. Mm-hmm. So as I could afford to, I would start releasing the Gentech products slowly, mm-hmm. slowly. Creatine and Glutamine. Next came the Pure Carbs, you know, for a couple of reasons. One was the endurance athletes, but the other was that creating that anabolic drive post-workout. The other was to mix it intra-workout with my Creatine and Glutamine. And I was sourcing some branch chains as well in bulk. Mm-hmm. Um so, um, yeah, that, that I, I used the pure carbs then. I had to sell my Ducati to do the first protein powder. That killed me. It didn't kill me, actually, because I was really driven to make Gentech a success. You actually, so you actually mentioned macro. that in, in episode 10 when we were talking about going on a business journey. You were like, you might have to sell some shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, exactly. Stevie. I think you actually mentioned you know, selling yeah. a motorbike, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's funny. funny. Yeah. That's the thing, though, yeah. is a lot of people didn't – we'll see Gentech now and they'll see the fuel and, and all those lines that we didn't have well, – PTP, all those kind of lines that that obviously around now, but they didn't see that you started with just two products and, and year by year you brought out new products and, right. and yeah. yeah, you didn't have 15 different SKUs back then or 15 different product lines. You, no. You had those two, the ba- two band minimums and then pure carbs and then you've just grown as, as you get more money and yeah. funded it. And that's what we said last about businesses trying to grow too quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, not having the capital and then going out of business because yeah. they've got no backing behind them. They've tried to spend all their money and, and go mainstream, go too big, to, too, yeah. too quickly and yeah. not build it up. So It's interesting. It's one of those things we touched on earlier was it's a good thing to go through the steps. Yes. It's a good yeah. thing to go through the steps. Mm. It's a good thing to go through the struggle. 
Mm. That's where you learn. That's thing, what creates The other thing growth. as well is is you were in the industry before you did that. Yes. So you knew what happened. There's a lot of things that we've spoken about previously yeah. is people who aren't necessarily in the industry with an outsider's point of view, mm. they think, yeah, I'm going to have my own pre-workout. Mm. It's yeah. going to be awesome. But they don't, don't know. They don't, they don't have the knowledge of the ingredients mm. or synergistically working ingredients. Mm. They don't know where to source them. Mm. They don't have any of those business relationships or how to put a product. Like like you did, I mean, you could have imported those those two brands of protein. Mm-hmm. Now what do I do? But you yeah. already had that relationship beforehand, Crucial. built before you went out, and and to I mean, you would be well, stupid just. And to get- this, but this is part of the timeline, right? So before you even started Gentech, you were working in the industry for six, seven years. I had a good handle on it, yeah. right? That's Pretty good. That's with, what I'm saying. With, is, with, yeah. with, you know, at the same time, building up the industry experience, building the relationships, mm-hmm. and then educating yourself on the actual products yeah you know as well so you you effectively you know you went to supplement university <laughs> yeah pretty yes, much yeah yeah for like On six or, for, for like six or seven years for sure before you even got to the stage where oh, you were yeah. like you know for whatever reason i'm gonna go and do my own thing mm. and then that's really when the journey started so it's yes. almost like the pre-journey was a six to seven year pre-journey yeah and then you got you know, in 99, 2000, and then you started from there with Yeah, and there were a lot of lessons. Yeah, and there were a lot of lessons along the way. Of course. Big difference working for someone to running your own business. Oh, shit, yeah. And putting your money up front, you know, and and taking the risks yourself. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't understand someone that would go into an industry and start a business in the industry that know nothing about it. Like, for me to... You know, yeah, I eat a bit of food, but I don't know how to run a restaurant. Mm. I'm not going to go start a restaurant. Mm. I, I, You know, you hear it's an old cliche with businesses, stay in your lane, do mm. what you know. Mm. Um, and something else I hear is don't put all your eggs in one basket. But for me, I do. I do because I can't – it's – for me, oh, if yeah. I – I've tried to run two businesses yeah. before. Right. For me, it's like chasing two chooks. If you're trying to chase two chooks at the same time, I don't reckon you catch either. But if you are trying to, if you're chasing one, if that, I need focus. I yeah. need focus. If I'm trying to catch one, I'll start to learn its movements. I'll wear it down. I'll corner it. I'll catch it. Have you uh, Have you heard the saying "burn your boats"? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite. That's how you sayings, take the right? island. That's, that's how you take that's the how island. You take it. You yep. know, you can't. You can't have. Well, in my personal opinion, and you obviously agree, is you know, put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, because if yeah. they're in there, you're going to make that fucking basket work. work. Right? You have to. You got to. <laughs> you got two you... or three or four different baskets. Oh, well, you know, if that one doesn't work, I'll just focus on this one. Yeah. Nah, man. Throw nah. them all in there. Burn the boats, and 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 you know. I agree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. And these days, everything is so competitive. Yeah. You, you focus. You need focus. Mm. We need focus. So 2000, start with the creatine glutamine, mm. add the pure carbs, mm-hmm. and now we're running very short on time. Yeah. You're a very busy man, so we're going to have to really condense this and, sure. and come back at, a, at another time and, and, and break it down. But now we're in 2019. Mm. So just you know, paint a little bit of a picture. You, you've gone from starting off with a couple of products mm. to how many different Excuse now. I can't count that high. <laughs> I'm a bodybuilder. I get a bit hazy over 10. I get but you 10. do everything, right? Well, you you do everything. The thing is, we range. cover every category. I mean, when I said 15, I mean, that was probably just the bare products. Mm. But then you've got all your essentials as well. Which all is, the singulars, the nutraceuticals. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah. another 15 
15, 20 more. products in his yeah. own. Yeah. yeah. So, the, yeah. the only thing we don't do is a plant-based protein. I mean, I've got my macro don't, pro seven. I, I wouldn't do it even. <laughs> no, 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 no. They don't work. They don't work for muscle recovery. They just don't, I can't. Again, it's not what I know and I yeah. can't endorse. I don't use it. Yeah. I use all, you know, I use all of my products, yeah. all of them. I use yeah. all my products still. Yeah. You know, I use them all. You know, guys like Justin Wessels, and it's not a plug for Gentech. Guys like Justin Wessels, we use a lot of supplements. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah, absolutely. In, in a very intelligent approach with fairly specific protocols, mm. um, you know, that have come about over many, many years of experience and anecdotal evidence and research now supports what we've been doing. Yeah. So it, it's, um, yeah, that that's, we've got a lot of products now. But, but you know, looking at it, it's been nearly 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's been nearly 20 it years has. I've been doing yeah. this. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So, and again, slowly, slowly, and we, you know, talked about growing too quickly in the capital to grow mm-hmm. so quickly. I've always been self-funded. So mm-hmm. I still bring out new products and bring out new flavours and evolve the range and the brand as I can afford to mm. do it, Yeah, right? And I've got a family. I've got three children. I've got a mortgage. I've got a, a, a beautiful wife who, who's a full-time mum. This shit's real now. Yeah. You know, this Absolutely. is – got to make this oh, – this basket yeah. is my focus and it has to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, it's a funny thing because I've backed myself into a corner mm-hmm. where Gentech – I build high-quality products Mm. using high-quality ingredients in Australia, which is expensive to manufacture here, Mm. but my quality control is so high because I manufacture here. I I source all my raw materials and send them to my contract manufacturer, so I have complete quality control. Mm. Because of that, there's not a lot of margin in the products. So so anyone that's using Gentech, don't ever think I'm on the get-rich-quick scheme because I'm not, and I can't Mm. bring out overly hyped, poor-quality products. I can't. I wouldn't use them, number one. Yeah. I couldn't put my name on them, number two. If you see me do a second brand, a sister brand, be cheap shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which I won't do because it'll still yeah. be me that's endorsing it. I yeah. just, I can't, I back myself into a corner where I have to continue to put out the high quality products that work. I have to. Mm. Downside is, eh, there's not much margin in that these days. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of margin because of the quality that we manufacture in Australia. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I, and I, you know, I always do it the hard way. I always yeah. do it the hard way. Mm. But always. it's, you know, it comes down to, to your intentions and where you're coming from as well. And there's integrity. Not, yeah. Integrity. There's not, yeah. well, there's not a lot of companies left that do what Gentech does. in it's terms hard to make of, money, Joe. Well, in terms of, you know, firstly, the motivation behind doing products is mm. selfish. Yes. Primarily, yes. It it's like you want to make products that you're going to use. Yes. That's the, the first The first point is it that. Is. It the is. second point is, you know, a, a, a brand that the, the brand is primarily concerned with quality. Yes. Um, you know, and that, and that is kind of weaved through the fabric of Gentech right from, you know, where the products start to, you know, your own internal quality control to the athletes you have endorsing the brand yes. or top level, you know, professional world-class athletes. Yes. Everything kind of weaves in. Like you just don't see that in this industry anymore. Mm. And then the fact that you're still in Australia, doing what you're doing in Australia, mm. and then the fact that you're still privately owned. Yeah. You know, like there's just not a lot of, no, you guys left. No, there's not. A, you know? There's really not. It's yeah. changed so much. Yeah. It's changed so much. Yeah. And that is it's hard to compete. So I, you know, I, I run my business on a shoestring budget yep. on the sniff of an oily rag. Everyone 
believes Gentex is bigger than it is. In, in saying that, we've got good shelf space in all the major retailers yeah. across this well, country. You, you guys are you, you're national, right? Yeah, very There's, much. So. You go into a supplement store anywhere in Australia, you're going to get some Gentex. Yeah, you'll see Gentex. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, but I don't have a lot of staffing overheads. I work my ass off still. Yeah. I yeah. work my ass off still. Yeah, because I have to. Yeah, but it's good for me too. It's mm. good for me. You wouldn't have it any other. But way. I wouldn't. That's, it's good. It's good for me. That's my thing, though. Is is good for me. People like myself enjoy. I'd rather work with you, and that's why I hop on the phone to you and we make deals and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I hate dealing with reps. Yeah. I hate dealing with reps, and yeah. I've made a blanket rule. I just don't deal with reps. Yeah, know. really. Um, yeah, you're not the only one, Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I hate going to a rep. I hate going to a rep and like, oh, can we get this at this price? Or can we get hundred t-shirts? Oh, I'll just go check with Nick. I'll get back it's to like, you. Oh, fuck, I already Nick myself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I think that's better for business is, is you doing all that. Obviously, mm. it's a lot more hours in your day and, and, yes. and a lot more effort. Um, that's the thing. I mean, you could very easily is, is sit there and hire a, a state rep and, and, yeah. and all those kind of things, but it's, yeah, just that management that you've, you've yeah. got. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's important. Gents? We have to wrap this up. I know. I really, I don't want to, but we've, you know, we've, you're running like half an hour late now, Nick. I know. know. (laughs) It was like, I have to be done by this time. Yeah. 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 No, no, that wasn't going to (laughs) happen. It wasn't. Look, Nick. Man, thank you so much um, for your, you know, coming on the show uh, and giving us a little bit of an insight to, to you know, it's there's so much goodness, man. I'm just like shit. Yeah, no, we could, thanks you so know, we, we, we're definitely gonna have to get you back. Yeah, um, you know, we can do post contests, right? We can do with seven mate, and a half we weeks out of the Arnold if you want. But there's so many things that we just touched the surface of. Mm. You know, the actual nitty gritty training stuff. I'd love mm. to really go deep in that. The business we really just scoured the surface. I didn't, even touch, I didn't even touch business. You really. know, you, you, 20 years experience in this game mm. um, is a lifetime in the supplement industry and I really want to get deeper into that. But cool. That's what we have time for. Yeah, I know. Today. And then I, and I can talk about family and how to juggle it and all. everything, man. Which I'm so, still trying to work that one out, to be honest. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah. But just but it's, so, so the, you know, the viewers and the listeners – you know, give yourself a little bit of a plug. Where can they, you know, where can they find you? Where where can they connect? Obviously, you know, Gentech is your supplement company. Yes. That goes without saying. Yeah, but, definitely. you know, you personally. Um, well, I mean, we don't sell online direct. We sell through through retailers like Massive Joe's. Yeah. Uh, and and, the, and the, the quality retailers. I don't supply Dodgy Brothers discounts on the corner. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, the, the integrity of my brand yeah. is, is crucial and, and um, it, it needs to be represented well. Um, so... You can find me personally. I'm a bit slack on the social media personally. I do yeah. a little bit. Oh, now you got to step it up. i got to step it up. So <laughs> Nick Jones. You're going to get an influx of followers. <laughs> I know. Now, so. Wow. Wow. Guys, come and <laughs> see me then. Come and see me and interact. Thank you very much. I've got lots of time for social media. Let me tell you, I just sit around waiting for that thing to be. <laughs> Twiddle my thumbs. But uh, Nick Jones World Champion is my Instagram. Yep. Um, uh, my Facebook, I think, is something like Nick Jones. I, I'm not quite sure. I just share everything from Instagram to Facebook. You won't get a reply on Facebook. No. You, I remember when I hit him up once and it took like for a few months for, for an October it's, special when he hit me back in December. Waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Message. Yeah, sorry, dude. Still waiting. Sorry, dude. I've got to get your mobile number. I, I, gotta I, get, I don't have yeah. your mobile number because no, I, I do texts and phone calls still yeah. and emails. Um, so, yeah, Nick Jones World Champion, Facebook. I'm terrible on Messenger, terrible on Messenger. Um, 
Uh, and then Gentech, I, I'm pretty involved in the Gentech social media actually. So yep. we've got uh, Facebook, we've got Instagram. Our YouTube channel is getting pretty cool, you know. It's pretty loaded yeah. with content. Yeah. And we're filming this documentary called Inspired. It's myself and Justin Wessel's journey to the Arnold Classic. So yeah. episode one's been done. Mm-hmm. Episode two is being edited this week. Mm-hmm. So that'll be about a week away because Justin's doing some footage on Friday at work. Yeah. And work for Justin is uh, he's an aviation firefighter mm-hmm. at Sydney Airport. So they're going to do some cool stuff at the station awesome. this week. So I think uh, by the end of next week, we'll have episode two out. So check out the YouTube channel, Gentech YouTube. And and with the training staff, there's so much training content from Mm. a lot of our world champion Mm. athletes on our YouTube channel. So Mm -hmm. check that out, guys, if you want some help with your training. There's also a lot more in-depth supplement info on there as well. Sure, yeah. So you you go very deep into the how P2P works now, all those ingredients and how they're, they're, yeah. why they're made, So, yeah. which is very interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we listened to Nick's voice for about six months in the old HQ, remember that? That was, yeah. that was nearly 12, yeah. 12 months. Course, mate. Yeah. yeah, I had a P2P. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Guys, as always, if you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, make sure you share it. Share it with your best mate, your brother, your sister, your mum, your, whoever you want to share it with in person. Tell them about it. Make sure they listen. Share it in your socials as well. Instagram story has been great for us recently, Mm. Um, you know, sharing uh, a screenshot of the podcast, tagging Massive Joe's, tagging Neve Movement, tagging myself, Joseph Mansell, tagging, make sure if it's this episode, it's Nick Jones, world champion as well, and Gentech Nutrition. Nick, thank you, man. Oh, my pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Until next time, where are we coming to and from, Neve? MassiveJoes.com. Stay massive. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Massive Joe's Show. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Massive Joe's Show, ensure that you give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Until next time, we're coming to you from MassiveJoes.com. Stay massive.